Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Jamie All Over. I just made myself a tempeh bowl with quinoa and I was searching for this heirloom tomato that I bought in the back of my fridge to put on top. And then I realized, oh my God, the lettuce that I bought is back here. It's going bad. Oh, I also bought raspberries. I better eat them. They're going bad. I will probably have to end up throwing out a lot of the produce that I purchased in my last shopping trip. And I'm finding out that's called the ADHD tax. We buy things We forget about it. They go bad. We waste our money. Another part of this ADHD tax I'm realizing is paying fines for things that you forget to pay for. I recently went back to that haunted hotel in Riverside, which that's a whole other story I have to tell you guys about what happened in the room. But on the way there from Orange County to Riverside, you have to go through a couple toll roads. And I have the transponder for the toll roads. But... (laughs) Because I lost my bag and my credit cards and basically my whole life in Dallas. If you don't know that, go listen back to a couple episodes. It's all on there. Houston, we have a problem. That's actually the incident that made me be like, okay, I really need to fix whatever is going on with me mentally because this cannot happen again. But anyway, losing all of that, I had to shut off my credit cards. So one of the credit cards that I shut off was connected to my transponder account. So as I'm driving, I realize, oh, wait, I need to update my credit card for this account. Okay, I'll remember as soon as like I get to the hotel. Obviously, I forgot. Driving back home, going through the tolls again, I'm like, oh my God, as soon as I get home, I will update this. Totally forgot. You have five days when you go through those tolls to like pay them online or else you get major fines. Each one is like $50 or more. And We've definitely hit 10 of them. If you have an account, it's less. It's like a couple dollars per toll. If you don't have an account, you have to pay within five days. Obviously, I forgot. It was well over a week ago, and I'm only remembering it right now because I'm telling you guys about the ADHD tax. (laughs) And after this episode, I'll probably still forget until the letters come in the mail saying, you owe us 500 plus dollars for all of these tolls. I'm also slightly out of breath because I had to remove everything out of my closet from said trip to Riverside. I never unpacked my suitcase and I have laundries that I still have to do. So my closet was pretty much a mess on the floor. 
I had to move everything out of it because, as you probably know, I podcast from my closet. So I'm out of breath from moving all of that stuff. Oh, and then I couldn't find my mic cord, so it took me a minute to get started. Finally found it. We're ready to go. And normally, I wouldn't talk about any of these things, and I would just accept this is me. But I finally got my ADHD diagnosis March 1st, a couple days ago, and I can connect all the dots. So if any of this sounds like you, you might want to listen to this upcoming episode about my diagnosis, how I figured out that I had it, what has happened since then, and what am I going to be doing about it. I have done a ton of research. I love to do my research. It's so funny. Back when I was co-hosting Shenanigans, we would have people from all walks of life on as guests. One that I remember in particular was Murr from The Impractical Jokers. And I actually digged up something from his past and we brought it up and it made him cry of all the people in the world. And obviously, I'm not saying I take enjoyment out of making people cry, but it was like an emotional cry. It was like a memory touches him. And that's why he cried. To me, those are the best episodes when you can get that emotion out of people. So I do a ton of research on them. And in general is my point. And so you can be sure I've researched the heck out of ADHD and what can be done to help. If you know me well, you also know I'm very natural. I don't even take an Advil if I can help it. If I have a headache or cramps, I just kind of wait it through. I don't do drugs. I have always viewed my body as a temple and I always believe that the body can heal itself. The mind can heal the body. So I'm open to taking medication if it can help. I know I need help. And I know from talking to so many of you that it has helped you tremendously. So I'm not knocking the medication route. However, I do have a heart issue. And so the doctor could not prescribe me the Adderall or the Ritalin or whatever I may be prescribed right away as soon as I got my diagnosis. I have to now go for an EKG and then I have to get blood and urine tests. Oh, my God. Saying this, I missed my... Oh my God, I missed my appointment for the blood and urine tests. I had an appointment on Saturday at the lab. (sighs) You guys, I mean, if that's not ADHD, I don't know what is. Okay, now I'll probably forget to remake that appointment. And this is what's so hard with people who have this issue is that making all of these appointments, even the process of getting diagnosed has been such a chore. And I hear so many of you saying like, oh, I, you know, I can't find the right place or they're not getting back to me. It's hard for me to even respond to the emails and keep up and actually do this. But you do have to advocate for yourself in this. And the day that I got my diagnosis, which was March 1st, I had left Sheena a voice note crying and telling her exactly how I felt in the moment. She's the first person I told about it. Because if you have not listened to the shenanigans episode with me, her, and Tori Keith discussing their OCD that they, well, Sheena recently found out she had it. Me, at that point, I was in the process of getting diagnosed for ADHD. We were talking about those things. So she was the first person I told. So I left her a voice note and she's like, can I listen to this out loud? I'm in the car with Raquel. They were in New York for Watch What Happens Live. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. She could hear it. And so she plays it. In fact, I think I'll play it for you guys because I'm not an actor. (laughs) I can't reenact the emotions that I felt as soon as I got that diagnosis. But I want to take you back to that because so many people have asked me, what was it like getting diagnosed? And I can tell you, but if I play this, you'll actually feel what it was like. 
Hey guys, hope you're having a good time in New York, Sheena. I just got off a video call with a psychiatrist and I was formally diagnosed with ADHD. I'm driving because I have to pick up Ivy and I just like broke down, sobbing as I'm trying to drive because I just, I, I'm thinking of me as a kid and me in high school and me dropping out of high school and all the trouble I got in and like getting A's and F's depending on if I was interested in the subject or not. All the guidance counselors, all the emergency room visits for the panic attacks, all that weren't actually panic attacks and all the fucking times I've been arrested for speeding 125 miles an hour or whatever risky behavior I was doing. Fucking all of it. All of it was the ADHD and I'm fucking like I'm so relieved but I'm also like so pissed for my younger self that my parents like my dad at one point telling me he disowned me and gave up on me and I better fucking marry a rich man because I couldn't concentrate on my damn math homework just every fucking thing that went missed by teachers guidance counselors doctors my parents all of it <sighs> finally as an adult finally fucking diagnosed just needed to get that out <sighs> so i want to just get into all of it and my experience so far before that i want to check in with you feels like it's been a lifetime since we last talked it's only been a week this past weekend has felt like a lifetime is everyone surviving the weekend of march 3rd there's been a lot going on a lot of things to come to terms with shocking information devastating information. I'll say a few things. I'm not even going to put it in the show description. I don't want anyone listening because they think I'm discussing someone else's trauma. I'm not. However, personally, in this friend group, we all had our own relationships with certain people. Let me make it very clear that I am team Ariana in all of this and everything that happened to her was devastating and such Betrayal, the worst betrayal I think anyone can ever experience in a lifetime. And I love her and I'm sending her all the healing prayers and thoughts in the world. Every night I send her healing thoughts. I hope her heart is okay. I know it will be one day. And I can't even imagine how hard this is. I mean, I just, you know, we can all think back to our worst, most devastating breakups, and then you would probably have to times that by a million. So it's absolutely devastating. That said, after I sent Sheena and Brett were on a group text, after I sent them that voice note and Raquel was in the car and heard it, she texted me and she's like, when I get back to my hotel room, can I call you about this? I was like, yeah, of course. Sure. Thank you. So she called me and we had maybe like a half hour talk about it. And she really kind of like talked me through it. And she just gave me a lot of helpful advice on that. And I appreciated it. To come to terms with the fact that someone who can do something like that and be thoughtful in that way could also betray a friend to the level that they did. It's a lot to fucking wrap your mind around, you know? I feel like the whole world or our whole world kind of collapsed after that. So it's been quite a week. I just send my love and support to those who it has even more directly affected, like Ariana and even Sheena. Sheena is mourning the loss of two of the people who are very close to her. 
we're all mourning that loss to varying degrees. All the support in the world goes to Ariana. I think back to when I was engaged. I was with Ivy's dad for off and on for about seven years. During my relationship with him, he was cheating on me probably from one year in. And like I said, it was a seven-year thing with this girl who he met online. And he would gaslight me all the time. She's just, she likes my music, or she's just a friend, or she's just trying to help me with the music career, blah, blah, blah. Don't be so insecure. Don't be so jealous. But he literally met her on a dating site during one of our breakups and then never stopped talking to her even when we got back together. And to this day, he will not admit that he cheated on me, which I've had to like come to my own closure with that. You know, you're not always going to get someone to apologize to you and you don't ultimately need that for closure. Would have been nice, but I don't need it anymore. It's been a very, very long time. And because it's been so long, I can reflect on that from a logical place, not from an emotional place. I have no bitterness. I have no ill will anymore towards that situation. What I have is gratitude. And that's kind of the point of me bringing this up, is that in time, when relationships end and after you get past all of the devastation and destruction from them, I truly remember falling to the ground, not even being able to stand sobbing, all of these things. I remember what that feels like. But now I can look back on that and be so grateful for that other girl who I hated at the time. And I equally blamed her because she knew about me. She did not care. And I thank her now because had I not discovered their secret emails to each other, had I not discovered the credit card charges to hotel rooms, Maybe I wouldn't have left him. And thank God I did. Thank God I found that stuff because he and I were not meant to be together. Thank God I didn't waste one more day with the wrong person. I think when two people who are not meant for each other finally part ways after all the hurt and pain and betrayal is worked through, it's ultimately, and I don't mean this in a callous way at all, it's ultimately an amazing thing to not waste one more second with an asshole. And now to be free to actually live the life you're meant to live and pursue another person if that's what you want to do or pursue just loving yourself, whatever it is, it's ultimately a good thing. And the strongest people and the most empathetic people are born from pain. So I know she has a very long road ahead of her and I'm just sending her all the love in the world. And I think that's all I'll say on it. I'm not going to go into anything else. You guys sent in so many questions, and they're very good questions. And I think what I should do is let people who are actually on the show and even closer to the situation and who have permission from Ariana to speak on it, just let them answer all of those questions. I'm just here for support. I did choose a song at the end for Ariana, so stay tuned for that. Let's get back to ADHD. You guys sent in so many great questions about it and your own experiences, and I really, really appreciate that. You know, one thing that I'm discovering is that so many women are getting diagnosed as an adult later in life. Like me, it goes undiagnosed as a child because there's such differences in boys and girls with the way that the ADHD shows up. Now, I'm calling it ADHD because that's what they now call it. It's not ADD anymore, apparently. 
I initially had a problem calling it ADHD because I don't have hyperactivity. And that hyperactivity portion shows up way differently in younger girls as it does in younger boys. In young boys, it's the generalized idea of, you know, they can't sit still in their seat. They speak out. They're loud. They're unruly in class. So the teachers can detect that very easily. And they can get their diagnosis way faster, way easier. With the girls, they may not be doing that. I did not do that. I was able to sit throughout my classes in school and not be disruptive. I was able to sit still. I was able to not blurt things out and interrupt. But I also had my own struggles that I kept to myself and didn't realize that there was something different about that. I just assumed that's how everyone's brains worked. I had no idea. I would wait till the very last minute to study for a test. I would never study in advance. I might be studying 20 minutes before a test, but I would get A's if I cared about that subject. I was able to do well in the subjects that I cared about, and I actually did well all throughout elementary and middle school. I was in the enriched classes, accelerated classes, whatever they're called. People who have high IQs are able to conceal this way easier so there's no like alarm bells going off. But the way in which I got by was probably not what everyone else was doing. People were not waiting to the very last minute to study. Wake up in the morning and just rush and get your homework done and putting things off and procrastinating. Or if I had a project due in a month, I would start it probably the night before it was due. And there's the procrastination part of it, which I'm also learning is not procrastination at all. And prior to learning about ADHD, I was watching all kinds of TED Talks and trying to read up on how do I stop procrastinating? And in fact, with this podcast, putting out an episode every week has shocked me that I've even done it. I think I skipped a week or two here and there for whatever health or if I was sick or mental health break, whatever it was. But consistently, I've done it pretty much every week. That is unlike me. So that was shocking that I was even able to do something like that on a consistent basis. I have trouble with things like that. High school is where things started going off the rails a bit. And I was cutting class a lot. And I was just blaming it on my depression and also the fact that I was getting in a ton of fights at my high school. I was like, I'm just trying to go to high school. I don't want to have to be worried about fighting every day. It was a huge high school. And we had a bridge that went over the street. People were literally like pushed off and killed. People were stabbed at my school. It was hardcore. I was also doing very risky behavior, which now I'm learning is part of the ADHD. When I was 15, I would sneak out of my house take a bus from North Jersey into New York City. I would go to places like the Beacon Theater and watch hip-hop artists perform. I've seen so many of like the best hip-hop artists from New York of the time. I've seen them live. But as a 15-year-old, I was cut in class all the time. I just had a very bad high school experience. There was one point in which, if you recall listening to the voicemail that I played, my dad said, you better marry a rich man. Now, of all the terrible things parents can say to you. It's like those are the ones that stick with you, right? But to make it clear, my dad, who has passed away now, that one bad thing he said, he did a million great things, okay? So this is not me speaking ill of him. It's just that the human brain, for whatever reason, we hold on to those things that hurt us probably stronger or longer than all of the other great things. But one time he was helping me with my math homework. I remember it very vividly. We were sitting at the kitchen island and I couldn't focus. I couldn't pay attention. And he got so frustrated. And that's when he said that. He said, you know, you better marry a rich man. 
meaning like I was going nowhere and I wouldn't accomplish anything or I couldn't take care of myself on my own. Now, one would hope that a parent would realize my daughter is smart. Why is she struggling in school? What are these issues? And when I was crying when I got my diagnosis, it was for her, for how hard that time in my life was. And the adults around me didn't recognize it. And I sat with so many guidance counselors about me cutting class and fights I would get into. I finally made it to my senior year. And because of all the cutting I was doing in that in that year, one of the guidance counselors was like, look, you're going to have to go to summer school. You're not going to be able to graduate with your class. And on the spot, I made this decision. I was like, OK, then I'll just drop out and get my GED now. And I'll actually have my GED before my entire class graduates because I'm not coming back for the summer. And that is what I did. <laughs> so I go and I take my GED test. And I remember I had to take it in Patterson, New Jersey. I handed in and you got the results like on the spot at that time. I don't know how it is now. And I got like 100 or however it was graded. I Every single thing I got right. And I remember the person who was in charge of overseeing the testing looks at me and he was like, no one has ever gotten this 100% correct. Because it wasn't that I didn't comprehend. It was these other things. I wasn't learning the way that my brain needed to be learning. And the world is not set up for people whose brains work like mine do. But there's such a high population is what I'm learning that has this. And they are facing very similar struggles. I do know that the symptoms present differently for every single person. So everything that I deal with, someone else with ADHD may not have. They may have other things going on that I don't have. It's just been a lot to take in and learn about. And so I just wanted to share this with anyone because most importantly, if you have kids that could potentially have it, especially young girls, I just want you to be aware of it and that it could go missed. And let's not let it go missed for these young girls anymore because I don't want them to go through that. And if you are an adult and you think you may have it, I want to encourage you to go through the process of getting diagnosed. Even if you don't want to take meds and you're like, well, what's the point if I don't want to take meds? There's other things that you can do that you don't even have to take the meds for, but you just kind of need that first step. You need to really know. And let me tell you, it is such a relief knowing, such a weight off your shoulders and then you can just kind of look back on everything like I did just now with the high school stuff. Look back on everything and be like, that's why. There was nothing wrong with me. I was not broken. I'm just different. My brain is physically different. It is wired differently. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not lazy. I'm not a loser. I'm not a fuck up. I'm not dumb. And I'm certainly not worth someone saying they give up on you. So getting that diagnosis has just change the course of my life now. So that's why, you know, I just want to bring more awareness to this. For women especially, so many studies were based on boys, not even the girls. Even when I was going through the process, I was told by therapists like, well, if you didn't have this when you were a kid, if you didn't have these symptoms when you were like, for example, seven years old, there's no adult onset. So that means it's not ADHD. That means you don't have it. And I had to think really hard. And no, I didn't have the majority of my symptoms when I was a kid. Like I said, I did fine up until ninth grade. I can look back and be like, oh, yeah, I was late every day to school. The woman down the street who would carpool me to school, would get pissed off at me every morning. Sure. And yes, I was procrastinating when I did my homework or projects. But because it's so different in girls than it is in boys, they can just skate through. I've even heard other people going through this process and they've been told the same things. And they're like, well, I don't have a parent around to 
validate this to say if I was like this or not. I don't really remember. Am I not going to be able to get my diagnosis now? And I'll be honest with you, when I was in my second test for it, she told me this. And it was almost like she was hinting around at me like, well, you have to say that you had it as a kid or else you're not getting your diagnosis. And I was like, this is what I remember as a kid, which is what I just told you. So, I mean, that qualifies. But even if you don't have those things, we don't know if there's adult onset. So much of ADHD is controlled by hormones. So when you hit puberty as a female, 13, 14, like when you get your period, that's when the stuff can show itself. You may have had it all your life, but maybe it just didn't present itself until things started changing with your hormones. Also, what I'm reading is sometimes it doesn't even show up till menopause because of the loss of estrogen. And that's when women are experiencing these symptoms. So the diagnosis process was, I wouldn't say it was impossible to get through. I got through it. I'm diagnosed. But it wasn't easy. And I think it's different for everyone. And in every country, they have different protocols. But the way I did it was I contacted my healthcare provider and I said, put me in touch with the psychiatry department. I would like to get tested for ADHD. So step one was they mailed me a packet with a test in it. One was for me to complete and one was for a parent to complete about their experience of me as a child. A lot of the questions are like on a scale of one to five. How much did you do X, Y, and Z? This packet was for when you were like, I don't remember the exact age, maybe like seven to nine or seven to 12. On a scale of one to five, how much did you experience these symptoms? And then my mom had to answer a separate one. And then another packet was for like what I'm experiencing as an adult, which was obviously way stronger than anything I answered as a child. So you send that in. And then based on your score on that, they determine if you could have ADHD or not. So based on my score, it was like, yes, she could possibly have it. And I think that's when I did the shenanigans episode. So that's why I was like, I'm in the process of getting diagnosed, but I'm not diagnosed yet. So step two was to go to an in-person test. The therapist was in the room with me, and the test was a laptop with a screen that was flashing letters of the alphabet. And every time the X would pop up, you are not to hit the space bar. But for every other letter, you hit the space bar. And as she told me, this is the test, and it was 14 minutes straight of this. One, I'm like, oh, my God, how boring for 14 minutes. Ugh, can't believe I have to do this for 14 minutes which, again, that's a sign that you have it. (laughs) And throughout the test, I was like looking out the window, (laughs) too. I could not just focus on the screen. But I also thought, I'm like, well, if I focus, of course, like this is going to be so easy. This is not going to determine if I have ADHD or not. I could focus and I just won't hit the space bar when the X comes up. Well, I was wrong. So many times I hit that space bar. Even they did an X and then another X. And I was just like, how did I hit it twice in a row? So I don't know how this test works with your brain. It figures out something about how quickly your responses are to different speeds of stimulus, I guess. I have no idea how it works, but that was test number two. And she looks at the results on the spot there and she looked at it and she's like, "Okay, I show a moderate level of ADHD. Next step is you have to meet with the psychiatrist and discuss medication options. So here I'm thinking, I'm like, that seems like we're skipping a step. Like, where's my diagnosis? (laughs) Like, do I have it or not? She's like, no, this is not a formal diagnosis. I'm like, okay. So I still was not diagnosed. So then my third appointment was like a telepsychiatry appointment. It was over a video call with the psychiatrist. He then went into all of my history, asked me a ton of questions, asked me what I'm currently dealing with right now, or why did I even seek the diagnosis in the first place? 
which I'm going to get into with you guys. He was like, yeah, you have you have ADHD. I was like, is this my diagnosis? He's like, yes, this is your formal diagnosis. And I was like, good. I'm glad I can go tell my therapist now. Because another issue that I had with this process was when I was talking to my therapist and saying, like, I need help with dealing with ADHD, non-medication help. What can we do for this? I want to fix my procrastination. I want to fix my disorganization. I want to just be more productive. I want to be able to be on a regular workout schedule. I'm just telling her all the things that I would like to be able to do. And then I was like, you know, this thing that happened in Dallas, I lost my only car key while I was traveling and my ID and all my cash and all my credit cards. And then on the way home, after I worked throughout all those issues and had my passport mailed to me and dealt with it all on the trip, on the way home, I was in Houston airport waiting for my flight and I left my coat on the back of the seat in the airport. Fortunately, the flight attendant let me off to go get it. Even then, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh my God, Jamie, like, how are you leaving this after you just went through with losing all your things on the way here? You're going to forget something again on the way home? So I was telling the therapist about this, and she's like, well, I wouldn't blame it on the ADHD. I mean, people forget things all the time, and you're probably going through a lot of other things that you were focused on, and it sounds like it's anxiety. I'm getting a new therapist, by the way, (laughs) so I can shit talk. I was telling her, I'm like, I don't really suffer from anxiety. I don't think that's it. And she was trying to convince me that I have fucking anxiety. It's like, why? Why are you doing this as a therapist? I'm telling you my own personal insight. I'm telling you I don't feel anxiety. And now you're trying to convince me that that's what I have. So I'm so glad I have this diagnosis. The psychiatrist was like, yeah, he's like, unfortunately, a lot of clinicians are not even well versed in women with ADHD. They don't know about it very much. And like I said, most of the studies were just done on boys and men. Any that did include women in the studies, it was a way higher percentage of boys or men that were studied. So there's so much that the mental health field still does not know about this in women. So I do want to emphasize that you have to advocate for yourself just because a professional is telling you something. If you don't agree with it, if you feel strongly that they might be wrong, trust your gut, trust your own knowledge of yourself as well. And if you need to find a new therapist who specializes in what you need, don't stop until you find the right one. It can take a few. I've been in and out of therapy for seven years. Not one therapist has recognized that I could potentially have ADHD. I found it out for myself, and I'll tell you how I found it out. I did an episode at the start of the new year called A Wake-Up Call, and I was reading a book by a psychologist who asks eight questions to all of his new patients to determine where they fall on this spectrum of if they are in danger of spiraling down in a mental health capacity. And if you answer yes, wait, is it yes or no? God, I don't remember. Go listen to the podcast if you want. If you answer yes or no to the, all of these, to more than three or three or more of these questions, that means you're in danger of spiraling. I answered yes or no. Maybe it was no to maybe like five out of the eight or six out of the eight. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in the danger zone. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to turn these questions into my goals for the year. I need to work on these things. And so that I turned into my 2023 goals. Rather than resolutions, I turned them into goals, areas of my life that are the most important things that we need to work on to have a happy, successful, productive life. I added my number nine. I added my own to this list which was to get more organized because I was just so stressed about the state of my bedroom even. I would 
organize my whole closet, organize all my clothes. I would donate a lot of stuff to minimize the stuff that I did have to organize. And no matter how much time and care I put into organizing my things, within days, everything would be disorganized and messy again. And it would stress me out to the point where like it would it just made me feel inferior, especially as a woman. We have these like stupid things put on us like, oh, we have to be good at housework and all the house chores, the laundry, the washing of the dishes, the keeping the house in order. If you don't do those things, you're not like a real woman. You know, it's like it's so stupid. And I never was interested in those things. I never wanted to do those things. I was like, worst case, I'm going to have someone who I can pay to do those things for me, which I don't. So it's down to me. And I'm failing miserably at it. And I don't want Ivy to grow up in a situation like that. I don't want I don't want to teach Ivy bad habits. So it was a goal of mine for this year. So in being accountable to myself, but also to you guys, since I put it in the episode, I sat down and I started watching YouTube videos and I started Googling like not Googling. I was searching on YouTube home organization hacks. And I start going through a bunch of videos and I'm watching like all the tips I'm just like, eh, eh, eh. Nothing was really like hitting home, you know? I'm like, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. And then I stopped selecting videos and YouTube just will automatically play the next one that they choose. And it was home organization hacks if you have ADHD. And I was kind of paying attention, but not really. I was probably on my phone or something. And then I start hearing these things. I'm like, wait a minute. That sounds like me. That's what I do. That's me. And now I'm paying attention to the video. And I'm like, oh, my God, do I have ADHD? So then I started watching videos on ADHD, which led me to watching videos on adult women with ADHD. And I was like, oh, my God, I think this is me. What do I do? And that's when I started the process of getting my diagnosis. And I'm finding out from so many of you that so many of you either have it or you think you may have it. So the first resource I'm going to recommend to you is YouTube. Just put in ADHD for adult women. There is so much stuff there. I don't need to go into it because they discuss it way better than I ever can. I am so new to this process. So that's where I'm going to send you first. The second thing a lot of you guys asked was you can't take meds or you don't want to take meds or you took them and they worked for you, but you didn't like the side effects. So you got off of them. What can you do? What are some tips? Again, I'm going to send you to YouTube to look up that. There are so many amazing videos on it with different ways to clean, to keep organized. One thing that I learned is we have this thing against laundry (laughs) and clothes organization for some reason. And not to group you all into one, because like I said, many people have different symptoms. But for those of us who have that, it's such a mystery. It's like, why do we have such an aversion to like laundry? (laughs) Saying this out loud makes me remember that I have clothes in the washer that have been in there overnight that I forgot about to put in the dryer. If we are doing a task that we hate, which is usually menial tasks like that, that don't keep our attention, that we can give ourselves permission to stop and get a reward break. Say, okay, I'm just going to do this for five minutes and then I can stop for five minutes and watch this part of this TV show or listen to this podcast or listen to music or scroll Instagram and I get my reward break and then I can go back to the task and splitting it up into smaller time segments has worked for me but it's not perfect because then I might just get stuck on Instagram and stay there (laughs) so that's not a perfect hack but it's definitely helped when I'm cleaning I don't just do it for hours on end or try to or don't tell myself that I need to, which then makes me not even start. I just tell myself, okay, I'm just going to do this for five minutes or I'm just going to focus on this one small area of the room and then 
it will usually lead to more success than it would if I just told myself, okay, you need to do all of this at once, no matter how long it's going to take. Now, I think the most fascinating discovery that I have made in this research process is that we have gene mutations. They're also called gene variants. A lot of genes just determine things that you can't change about your physical appearance. Are your earlobes attached or detached? What color are your eyes? What color is your skin? Those things are not modifiable. But there's other things in our genes that are modifiable. If you have a particular gene mutation called MTHFR, when you spell it out, it looks like motherfucker. And if you have it, I'm sure it is a motherfucker because 44% of the population has this MTHFR gene mutation. 44%. That's almost half of us have it. If you have it, it means that your body cannot methylate folic acid. What does methylate mean? It basically means if you think of crude oil that you take from the ground, you can't put that oil directly into your car as gas. It first needs to be refined so that the car can use the gas to work. The folic acid is like the crude oil, and then it has to be refined. And our body's process of refining it into something we can use is called methylation. I am taking classes at Harvard Medical School, I will report because I'm so fascinated by gene therapies and gene testing that I enrolled in several classes. I'm in gene therapy, genetics, and genetic testing and sequencing technologies. Not to get off track of what I was getting into with the MTHFR, but I am taking these courses because I want to learn how to read genetic tests. That's how important I think this is. And there are tests out there that you can take. They vary in price. You can get them for anywhere from like $599 down to maybe like $400. And they vary with how many genes they test. Some only do a few, like 23andMe, which I do not recommend for this. And only one of them is anonymous that I have found, which I think is also very important. I know I've been called a conspiracy theorist before, and I'm absolutely okay with that. I don't care. I don't necessarily want Google, who just purchased the entire database for 23andMe. Why do they need that information? I don't want someone to have all my DNA information. In the wrong hands, it can make bioweapons. You can make a weapon to kill specific people with specific DNA. Not saying that will ever happen or that anybody wants to do that, but it's a possibility. I would just feel more comfortable getting these tests done anonymously. And I think it's amazing that they were able to actually catch a lot of serial killers this way. But I still would prefer mine to be anonymous. So what I want does not exist. So I don't know if I will one day be able to create this test with the right people and partner with the right lab. But what I would ideally like to do is learn how to read these tests for anything that's modifiable that people can actually make changes and have better health and longevity for anonymously. I want to do it in three days because right now it can take up to 12 weeks to get the results. And I want to make it affordable. I want to make it $100. And the only way that I know to do that is if I can actually do it myself. So that's why I'm taking these classes. I don't know what will come of it. Not making any promises. I'm not saying that this is going to be a new business that I create eventually, but my intention is there. So we'll see. Getting back to the MTHFR gene, this is a modifiable gene mutation. So what's happening, and this is very important, is that women who have this gene mutation and don't know that they have it, when they get pregnant, what's the one thing doctors recommend? Take folic acid. 
It's in the prenatal vitamins. So they start taking it and they start feeling crazy and it's in their system. And when people who have this gene mutation take folic acid, their body goes crazy, their mind goes crazy. And guess what it presents as? Postpartum depression. And then they eventually stop taking the vitamins. It gets out of their system and they blame it on postpartum depression. And that's not what it was at all. And this is 44%. So there's an easy workaround for this. Instead of taking the folic acid, people with this gene mutation should take something called 5-methylfolate instead. It's the methylated, I don't know if I'm saying that right, methylized, methylated version of folic acid. So it's already refined it to how your body can accept it. Not a medical professional, just starting my classes. Do your own research. But if this resonates with you in some way, start your research down that rabbit hole as well. (laughs) So along with these types of gene mutations, another one can be attributed to ADHD. Another one can be attributed to anxiety. Another one is depression. And, you know, for those with depression, it's a lack of serotonin. They're currently prescribing the SSRI, which is the Selective Serotonin Retake Inhibitors. So what that essentially is doing is regulating the little serotonin that these people have. I'm not bashing it. I'm not bashing people who take antidepressants. I think more people probably take them than than don't in this country. I would just like to start a conversation on if depression is lack of serotonin, instead of regulating the little serotonin that they have, why aren't we focusing on increasing the amount of serotonin they have? And that can be done with taking the right supplements. So I've recently started taking amino acids. I'm taking 5-methylfolate and I'm taking vitamin D along with vitamin K2. You need both to absorb the vitamin D. Half the population, and even more if you have darker skin, is critically deficient in vitamin D. This is the only vitamin that our body produces naturally and every single cell has a receptor for, is vitamin D. That's how important it is. We can get it with going into the sun for like 15 minutes a day. But if you're not doing that, and clearly most of the country is not doing that, or at least half the country is not doing that, you can easily get it by supplementing your vitamin D. A deficiency can show up as waking up tired or waking up and feeling like muscle aches, like you just had a workout but you didn't. It can lead to loss of bone density, osteoporosis, broken bones. And, you know, deficiencies can even show up as rheumatoid arthritis symptoms. Again, I was not prepped or prepared to get into all of this gene stuff on this episode, but I did get so many questions. I wanted to kind of sprinkle it in and tell you to do your own research if any of it intrigues you. Once I get more training in this and learn more and can speak from a place of like actually having the knowledge and being well-versed in it, I would love to have another episode on this. If you're interested in the gene mutations and the testing for it and the supplements that you can take or that you may need, I would definitely suggest getting the testing for it. Genetic testing basically is easy. It's just like a swab of the mouth. You only have to do this test once in your lifetime because your genes don't change. I find it interesting, and that's why I'm taking it upon myself to learn about it myself and go through this process myself. But I'm mentioning it to you now because it looks very promising. It's very intriguing. If this can actually help people 
with their health in this way by just taking supplements and knowing exactly what your body is lacking, I think it's unbelievable. And I think there's so much promise there. So anyone who finds it as interesting as I do, please go down that rabbit hole yourself because I can't stress this enough. I am not well-versed enough to give you all of the information and to tell you that it's absolutely true. There's so much I could get into, even like the good aspects of having ADHD, which there are actually many. Most entrepreneurs have it, creatives, philosophers. It helps in so many different ways. I'm sure I will come back to do another episode on this. If you think you have suffered from these ADHD symptoms for a lifetime and you haven't been diagnosed or if you've recently been diagnosed, Lazy is a word that we probably use a lot to describe our actions or ourselves. I want to encourage you to stop using that word because it's not that at all. It's not even an attention disorder that we have. Our brain is just wired to take in all of this stimulus that most people can kind of filter out and they could focus on one thing. We just have it all coming at us and we aren't able to prioritize like one thing to focus on. And some of the good parts of that is that we pick up on things that other people don't. We can read people really easy. We're picking up on body language or little things that other people miss. We can know like whether you want to call it intuition or just reading people, but we have a sense for that. We're also empathetic. I would venture to guess most, and I I don't know if this is offensive to say, but I think most or a lot of vegans might have ADHD or people who are able to have that extra empathy and put themselves, let's say, in the animal's position and be like, I would not want my throat slit. I would not want to be a slave for the dairy industry and impregnated and carry a baby for nine months and then have that baby taken from me and killed. And all I have to do is produce milk, produce milk, produce milk and get pregnant and have my baby stolen from me over and over again until I can't produce enough milk. And then I'm sold for my meat and killed. I can put myself in that position and be like, that would be the worst life ever. I never would want that to happen to me. So I'm not going to contribute to doing that to someone else. But what I want to say, getting back to the lazy thing, you are not lazy. You are a lovable human being with talents and flaws and you deserve as much love and respect as everyone else. Your brain is wired differently because diversity is beautiful and it's necessary. You are great at problem solving, pattern recognition, reading people, empathy, intuition, creative solutions, art, philosophy, even berry picking. I loved berry picking with my grandpa as a kid. I was great at it. I would fill up jugs of berries. Why are we great at this? I don't know, but we are. And the world needs you as much as it needs anyone else, even if you can't fold your laundry. Always be open to asking for help if you need it. You are never a burden. You are not broken. You are wonderful. I put that on my stories. If you don't follow me, I'm saying it to you now. Everyone go take a social media break for the rest of the day. Get outside, walk, take your shoes off, feel the ground. That actually helps with magnetism, by the way. I would love to come back and talk about other helpful things like breath work, cold plunges, more organizational hacks. I will be back to talk about this. I'm going to bring some experts on. I'm so not an expert in this. I'm learning with you. But this conversation is not over. And just sending my love to anyone who has been through similar situations throughout their life. Sending you a big hug. I love you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. And this song is dedicated to my friend, who I love, Ariana. Ariana.